So what yeah. you're saying is I'm useless. Thanks. I, I, I contribute nothing to this podcast. Yeah, that is the opposite of what I was saying. <laughs> so please keep sending it because you are useful, Matt. You do have value as a human being. <laughs> Let's not go too far now. Two best of friends. Oh, wait. Keep your shirt on. It's just a typo. Stop. You are freaking ridiculous. Who think they know football? The Chiefs, or the Colts, or, wow, the Chargers. There we go. Stop thinking, just read. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. Mike White is now on my fantasy roster and maybe starting over Russell Wilson. I spent $25 to get Jacoby Brissett. Because here, it's real football by real fans. Like a disturbance in the force as a flip pink bird <laughs> suddenly cried out in a silence. The 2M Football Show starts now and welcome in everybody to is the latest episode of the 2m football podcast oh Mike my Matt. god we're back we are oh, back that are you proud of me i want to point out that it's we started talking at 8 30 p.m kids were already in bed and asleep are you not proud of me i have never been more proud of you as both a husband and a father and a the host of the of the show. I'm the co-host. You're the host. You run this thing. Let's be real here. Oh, well, let's not overdo it, but thank you. <laughs> I'm the guy who shows up like 10 minutes late to the meeting. And I'm like, I'm part of the team. And they're like, what do you do? And you're like, I'm not sure. <laughs> but he's got a badge, so he works here. Uh, given the name of this show, couldn't do it without you. What, what would we call it otherwise? The M podcast? That's weird. <laughs> I don't know, but if you put in... 2M football show in the Google search. We are the first like three or four search search hey, that pop up. That's exciting. I guess once you get over that hundred episode threshold, you've you've spammed the internet enough that <laughs> it's gonna show up now. That's exciting news. Um all right, well, we're back at it once again. Gonna talk some NFL football action, uh re- do a little bit of week nine recap. Not so much recap, it's just um kind of highlights from the week. Uh, we will, of course, preview every Week 10 game up, coming up. I can't believe we're in double digits already. It kind of feels like the season just started still. We go through this every year. Like, the season seems to start slow, but after week, like, five, it just picks up so much steam, <laughs> yeah. and then you're all of a sudden, you're at 12, and, like, you see the, the notifications, X team eliminated from playoff contention, <laughs> and you're like, already? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we're we're quickly approaching uh, the business end of the season, and for fantasy, even more so since it ends oh a couple. Oh my God! Don't early. get me started. You're creeping up there. You I, I am. I am. Um, emphasis on creep, but yes, let's get absolutely. <laughs> let's get into some week nine headlines, and uh, just to paint a picture of how the week went as a whole, I think this is a good. Um, stat that kind of tells you what was what happened uh and that that is that 10 so there were 28 quarterbacks who started games this weekend with four teams on by 10 of those 28 were backups to start the season so that's, that's almost, almost half the quarterbacks exactly yeah and i really think Same. you felt that in just the quality of the games a lot of a lot of questions about that because scoring is down across the league. Um, and a lot of that seems it seems to do with this lack of starting quarterbacks uh, or our defense is playing better. I feel like that's that's kind of a, a question or our offensive lines trash, too. It seems like only a handful of teams actually have a competent offensive I know line. This is the cop out statement, but it seems like it's just a combination. I think you've <laughs> seen defenses that are doing much better. I mean. To tap on it, Green Bay is averaging, giving up 19.9 points a game. So as much as we may hate our D.C., giving up less than 20 points a game is not terrible. Yeah, that's true. Um, With that also being said, I mean, injuries have wrecked starting quarterbacks to the point where some are down to, like, their third string. I mean, the (laughs) Giants are down to, jokingly, Uh we call him now Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito, poor Giants, yeah. But even the Cardinals, like now, granted, they're to get Kyler Murray back. But after Josh Dobbs got traded to the Vikings, like, like what would the Vikings have done if Josh Dobbs is not there? Like, it's just idea. crazy how far down 
yeah. the roster, a lot of these teams are on quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, a lot of gross football being played this weekend. Uh, I think that was the main theme. One thing that we did see come through, again, as it has many times before, fire coach means you got to win the next week. And that happened for the Raiders, who last week became the first uh, team this season to fire their coach, sending Josh McDaniels packing. And they hosted the Giants, and wouldn't you know it, they got a victory. Uh, of course, a lot of that has to do with uh, so Daniel Jones, it was his first game back from that neck injury. Uh, he left early in this game with what has been now confirmed as a torn ACL. So his season's done. Their backup to start the season, Tyrod Taylor, is also on injured reserve. So Something yes, with Daniel his chest, Joe. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, Danny DeVito came into this game with predictable results. Raiders got a resounding victory. Um, of course, it has mostly to do with Daniel Jones going out of this game. And it's a really brutal blow for him and Giants fans. He's in year one of the new contract he signed last season, a four-year deal. Uh, and he only played in a couple seasons this year. Or a couple, sorry, a couple games. Jeez, this only a couple of seasons this year. Only a couple of seasons, yeah. Only Ooh. a few games, it turns out, between That's that neck injury. That's ACL. His legs are worn out. So many seasons, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, it holds true. It continues to hold true. Fire coach, you get a win. In uh, soccer, they call that the new manager bounce. And I guess it's true in all all forms of football. <laughs> <laughs> so genuine. <laughs> uh, another it's like nothing but realistic here on the, on the 2M football show. Another fun thing that happened this weekend was uh, Texans running back, Dario Gunbowale, making a field goal, like a legitimate uh, field so goal attempt was important this in the game. the fantasy question, right? If he uh, was your well, starting running back and he kicks uh-huh. a field goal, do you still get points for that? I would think so. Uh, he's like their third string running back, so I'm guessing literally nobody started him. But if anyone did, then, uh, yeah, they should get those points. And if you don't, you should file a complaint uh, with the ESPN app or whatever platform. technically he's not a kicker, but it's just like, for instance, uh, someone I, – I know you're going to hate me, but like Taysom Hill is a tight end. Yeah. Right? Come on. <laughs> You can get a receiving touchdown, a rushing touchdown, or a throwing touchdown, even though they're not a quarterback. You see it with receivers, right? Yeah. DeAndre Hopkins throws a pass to, you know, whoever and gets a receiving touchdown. Well, then shouldn't he get, like, three points? Or, touchdown. Uh, yeah. I don't remember. We haven't played with kickers in so long. I don't remember how many points you get. <laughs> right. And I don't know how long the field goal was, but if, if it's 30 to 40 yards or 30 to 39, three points, I think, in fantasy. So um, if anyone did start him for some reason, congratulations. <laughs> That's some 40 I chess. I just had to ask the question. <laughs> um, and that wasn't the only incredible feat of this game as C.J. Stroud uh, he's been playing well all year, oh, but this is really his coming Dude's out party. Fire! It's amazing. 470 passing yards, which set a new rookie record. Five touchdowns in this game against the uh, Buccaneers, including the game winner to tank Dell with just 10 seconds left in the game. That's right, it was. I want to do, I've been meaning to do this. I keep forgetting. We'll do it next week, but I think we should talk about, uh, now that we're past the halfway point, what are the biggest surprises in the league this season. We'll do that next week, but I think the Texans have to be one of them. They are a feisty team. I think they're four and four now. Yeah, everyone wrote them off, but they are there like kicking and screaming. They're not going down without a fight, I'll tell you that much. And what we expected to be a, a shoddy rookie year is turning into one for the books. Absolutely. Um, so those are a couple of game-related things, uh, takeaways from the weekend. There are also, now that we're past the trade deadline, you're starting to see news trickle out about trades that almost happened, or they were. That yeah, teams I were like. Trying. I like how uh, this is prefaced: trades that didn't happen. <laughs> Technically, this is a segment that could go on indefinitely, as we do. But here, some of these are fun to think about, though. Apparently, the Jets called the Raiders about acquiring Devontae Adams. A lot has been made about his apparent unhappiness there. He's 
kind of wasting away, you could argue, his the remaining prime years of his career. But um, he's been – he never said he wanted to leave the team or anything, but – you, well, I you, think the whole thing with him is he wanted to go play with Derek Carr, and then the right. Raiders were like, yeah. nah, that's not happening. And then he's right. like, oh, this is awkward. Yeah, you mean he didn't go there for Aiden O'Connell? Well, to be fair, with Pierce as the interim at HC, who knows now, right? The whole team's been reinvigorated, so not that yeah. Aiden O'Connell was his first pick, but you might see a little bit of renewedness to being in a situation that it looks like you're not getting out of, but you also put yourself there. Like he, he asked for it and he got right. what he wanted and you yeah. can't always gamble. The quarterback's always going to be the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, the fun thing about him going to the jets would have obviously been reuniting with Aaron Rodgers whenever he's healthy again. Yeah, I know you and the jets are in a love affair. I don't <laughs> understand it. It's fine. Um, I don't know if it's mutual, but I am I'm chasing them hard, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, they are ignoring your phone calls, your texts, and I'm pretty sure there's I got an envelope. It was addressed to the 2M office, which is my apartment apparently. Cease and desist. <laughs> and yeah, well, I was gonna say a restraining order, oh, but yeah. <laughs> damn, well I guess me and Devontae will just steer clear of the Jets still. <laughs> Um, there were five teams calling the Panthers about their star defensive end, Brian Burns. They opted to hold on to him despite their one and seven record. Um, and the defensive end that did ultimately move Chase Young being traded to the 49ers, the Ravens and Jaguars were also uh, trying to acquire him before they eventually reached the deal with San Francisco. And Ross reached the deal and is your favorite (laughs) quarterback of all time. Who? None other than the infamous Carson Wentz. No! No! What are you thinking? (laughs) Yes, Carson Wentz, it's true. He's joining the Rams. Uh, They cut Rippon and someone else, another quarterback on the practice squad or whatever. So Wentz will be the new backup. Uh, They're on bye this week. I just wonder if this is an indication that Stafford is expected to miss more time with that thumb injury. But, uh, and it's funny, you joke. I did try to acquire him in my, in a dynasty league where obviously no one had him because he was on the streets. But it's a a two quarterback league like ours. And literally any, any quarterback, all the backups even are, are rostered in this league because it's so deep. And I did put in a bit. I didn't get him. Thank God. Man, you got outbid on several things this week, didn't you? <laughs> I just don't want to splash the cash, yeah. I had plenty to burn, and I had to. <laughs> but yes, Carson Wentz back in the league and uh, pending Matt Stafford's health. Could be a starting quarterback as soon as next weekend. Uh, I don't look forward to it. It doesn't know. <laughs> he is not going to be able to pull off a Baker Mayfield-esque come back i will say he's he's as much as we make fun he's an upgrade over brett rippon but that is saying nothing you and i would be an upgrade over brett rippon so it's not saying much (laughs) (laughs) getting into playoff sleepers are uh teams we picked preseason that uh, we picked to beat the odds and actually make the playoffs my commanders got kind of a surprising win, or I was surprised. You picked them. I had picked the Patriots to win this game, but the commanders took it. You know what I also realized? I made all my picks and put none of them in the app. Well, looks like I'm going to win. Pigs can pick them then. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, at this point, there's no. The app is official, yep. <laughs> it's all right. I usually do really well in uh, Eliminator, so. You made it farther than me, so I'll give you that. Um, but anyway, yeah, like not the most inspiring performance by the commanders. They, I was worried about their run defense after trading away two starters on the D line at the trade deadline. And they did give up a 64 yard touchdown run to Ramondre Stevenson. Maybe they're, maybe those things are related. I don't know. Outside of that, they were actually pretty good against the run though. Sam Howell had another 300 yard passing game. Dude's a um, boss. He's good. He's and he's got. I mean, they have good weapons there with Terry McLaurin, 
uh, Jahan Dotson. Curtis Samuel, who I believe missed this game, though, and uh, kind of a resurgent season from Logan Thomas, the tight end. They did turn the ball over twice, one of which turned into points for the Patriots. But uh, they got a couple late scoring drives to take a 2017 lead in the third quarter and uh, picked off Mac Jones late to seal the victory. So they improved to four and five. They're still uh, in the hunt for the playoffs, technically not eliminated. Uh, just like my fantasy team. It's so weird how much they've been tied together like that. <laughs> well, I was tied with Denver, but they had the week off. so uh, And it was nice to get a break from watching them. I was going to say, I feel like maybe maybe having your fantasy team in line with Denver is not where you want to be. The commanders feel like maybe a little bit more of a sure bet. They've got a better quarterback. I'll say that. <laughs> Sorry, Russ. Hey, Hey, I just realized our teams went undefeated this weekend. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the Steelers managed to eke out an excellent segue. It's usually my job. <laughs> uh, the Steelers managed to pull out a victory over the Titans. They looked much more cohesive. I saw a better run game. I saw a more uniform offense, albeit against the Titans, which we joke are right now the question mark of the AFC South. We mm. really don't know or understand them. However, it seems to be like going forward, Will Levis will be the starting quarterback with Ryan Tannehill as the backup. Yeah. Uh, with the Steelers, there has been rumors of I'm going to get them mixed up because their names are pretty much identical. Pickens, <laughs> wide Pick, receiver. You, you combined them. Yeah, Pickens. <laughs> uh, did I really combine them? You said Pickens. I thought. <laughs> I did. Kenny Pickett, George Pickens. Oh my Very God! Confusing. Why would they do that? <laughs> Someone's got to change their name. It's too confusing. Um, Pickens apparently is not happy being in Pittsburgh, and there's rumors he's requesting an off-season trade, um, but nobody's really been able to confirm that if it's just gossip or locker room uh, banter. But With the Steelers and Divas at wide receiver. Just over and over again. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, however, they, they, they took out the victory, much like the probably – Bigger shock. Nobody saw this coming. The Vikings eke out a win over the Falcons, but more impressively, it was done with Joshua Dobbs, newly acquired from the Cardinals. I love this guy. And they were, it was the post uh, game press conference where he's like, I didn't even know half their names. He's like, Yeah, next week. He was on the sideline with Bradbury taking snaps on her son. I saw, yep, yep, yep. Like getting warm-ups in. So it's Practicing like... Practicing the cadence and everything. It's amazing. And yet he threw three total touchdowns. He led the team in rushing um, despite two fumbles and eked out the victory. However, another player goes down. Cam Akers is done for the year with an Achilles tear. Vikings and Achilles heels seem to not get along very well. Hmm. Um that should bolster for you as an Alexander Madison. I know, I know. I, I hate to uh, root for injury or be happy about it, but I saw that news and I fantasy I, makes us just barbarians. I it think does. it's weird. <laughs> it does. It does. Because <laughs> you're like, oh, but. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, I feel bad for you, but this is great news for me. Or personally. when you're playing against somebody and their quarterback goes down, you're like, oh yeah, I have a shot now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. Vikings take on a win are looking to turn their season around. I feel like they're at a lynch point and I'm more interested to see how this plays into the quarterback controversy come the off season. Yeah, because I just saw um, a report that they are considering or maybe even actively trying to re-sign Kirk Cousins because his or, or extend him or something because his contract is, is up at the end of the season. Now, for his bank account, it would be best like what happened in Washington, where he, they gave him, what was it, three franchise tags in a row? Yeah, right. Like, your bank account's great, but this dude deserves a deal with a team that he's done so well for, despite being despised by the fans. Um, again, you got to tune out that noise. But with Dobbs coming in and showing potential as a starter, does it create a controversy of who you start? Um, I think the entire team is behind Kirk Cousins, despite their love of Dobbs, right? Like they're not going to throw him to the wolves, 
but the fact that the entire team, or not the entire team, I know several players had Kirk Cousins t-shirts on, like supporting yeah. their quarterback and the way he commands that locker room. But I do think Dobbs is making a name uh, or a case for himself to potentially be a starter, either with the Vikings or with a team in general. At the, yeah, at the very least, he a top tier backup, um, I think, based on what he's done so far this season. And let's see where he goes from here, right? If he finishes, the Vikings are five and four now. If he finishes out the season with them and they make a playoff run, then I think you're right. He's probably looking at a starting job next year, which is amazing considering in August he was like fourth on the Browns depth chart before that trade to Arizona. All right. So we're only going to talk about one other game in um, we're a slight restructure of our recaps. Uh, we're going to go into the Packers corner right now. Uh, we'll get into the fantasy corner later, but uh, we're both Packer fans. So uh, we're going to focus a little bit on this, on the Packers um, right now. And then, you know, we'll try it again next week. And actually, it works out next week because they play your playoff uh, sleeper, the Steelers. Oh, look at that. You can do a two-and-one there. <laughs> oh. Well, uh, the Packers got a win. Oh. 20 to, 20 to three over very, the... very, very ugly win, but a win is a win Rippen. in the league. <laughs> yeah. Over the Brett Rippon-led Rams. Uh, they were on a four-game losing streak. Even with Stafford out, I mean, I wasn't what you would call confident coming into this. Losing <laughs> the score of 20 to three doesn't really tell the whole story. It was closer than that. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. I, I kind of divided up my notes here into some good things from the game and some not so good things. Uh, what do you want first? Uh, well, let's, let's, we've, we talk enough bad news. Let's, let's start with some good stuff. Some all good right. things that the Packers have done. Some good stuff in this game. I feel like the offensive line showed some improvement. They were opening up holes for Aaron Jones, despite um, Aaron Donald being across them on the other side. They did really good containing him, I felt like, in this yeah. game. I didn't see too many times that uh, Jordan Love was on his back in the backfield, five, six, seven, eight yards. So that was a, right. a comfortable sight because that's what could have changed this game. He did take four sacks, but I would put those on him uh, more than the line because they were at least two of them that I can recall off the top of my head. Where he just sat there in the pocket way too yeah, long. Yeah, he did not step up through the pocket in the right. lane and take yeah. off. Exactly. So that's just decision making. So, uh, which is obviously a negative for him, but I think it's a it was a it was a plus game for the offensive line, and it was nice to see. Uh, also, kind of a side note to that, it was great to see Aaron Jones. Looks like he's back to full health. Uh, they've been working him back slowly from that hamstring injury, but I think he had like 20 carries in this game compared to like seven, eight, ten the previous three weeks. So I think he's back to full health now, and it's he's so important to this offense. Um, you know who is becoming a critical component of this offense is a rookie tight end. Yeah, Luke Musgrave. This guy is something that we have not seen in Green Bay since, I don't know, Jared Cook. Jermichael Finley? Yeah. Like, to throw it back even further. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that's, a, going, that's going back with one of the best to play with the Packer uniform on. Yeah, just like a, a real athletic. Uh, Solid blocking, great with yeah. his hands at the oh. pass. Like, And I think you noted this perfectly, like. He can he can block, sell the block, get off, and get to the ball. And that's what good tight ends do in the league. Yeah, and this was a great play by Jordan Love, too, uh, that I have noted here. This was the touchdown at the end that put them up 20-3 to three and really put the game out of reach. And uh, I've got a shout-out. We've complained about the coaching, but shout-out Matt LaFleur because this play design was awesome, too. Everything about this play was perfect. So it was a fake screen pass. To the wide receiver and you saw Luke Musgrave even begin to, he starts blocking a guy he's completely committed to selling the fake screen but he then he just gets off his blocker and sneaks up field and uh Jordan Love did a perfect job too on this I think he actually looked to his left faked the screen to his right to the wide receiver and then just zipped it over the middle to Musgrave who was wide open uh, the play worked perfectly perfect throw Great catch. Just That's what we've been end. looking for all season. So I hope that this rapport starts to develop and just expands and that this is a sign of things to come. I mean, let's take it with a little bit of 
a grain of salt here, right? Because it was yeah. against the depleted Rams. But a win is a win, and any progress that looks good looks good. So, yeah, and a guy who looked good, who has struggled a lot this year so far, was Jair Alexander, their top cornerback. He was flying around the secondary making plays. Well, he had to. We traded everyone else away, and then we had a bunch <laughs> of rookies, which, fun fact that you don't have that I do. Ooh, tell me. The last time, when was the last time that three rookies were in the secondary for Green Bay that started the game? Jeez. Uh... <laughs> Not names, but what year do you think? Uh... I feel like they had a pretty young secondary in the Super Bowl runs, maybe slightly before that. I don't know, 2009? 1999. What? Wow. <laughs> was the cool. last time three rookie players started in Green Bay's secondary. That's crazy. So, yeah, you're right. Alexander was necessary. And he had three diving, leaping pass deflections, uh, one of which turned into an assist uh, on an interception that someone else ended up catching. And um, yeah, one of those rookies, I want to call out Carrington Valentine. I guess he was a seventh round pick. Uh, looked good and was playing with swagger too. Like he was getting in people's, I was to the point I was worried he was going to get a taunting penalty or something. <laughs> <laughs> but if you just toe that line, but stay on the right side of it. It's it, not Joe it, Burrow. It's fun to watch. <laughs> Uh, but, yeah, like you said, it's a depleted Rams team. They were playing against Brett Rippon. That's going to make any secondary look good. <laughs> so don't get too but carried that's away. What, sometimes that. that's what you need, right? First game playing, it's still a, a team with weapons, right? Like you can't discount. Yeah. You've got 2-2 Atwell. You've still got um, Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup. Puka, yeah. Puka so Nikula. it's like there's still people to worry about, but they came out and played well. Um I, as a whole, like I think the offense looked improved. I think this is the offense we knew that could be there. We've just been waiting on. I mean, Green Bay is the worst in the first half, but the best in the second half. And I think the other key thing was this team never played from behind. Yeah. yeah it's right. not built to play from behind. I don't know what it is built for at this point, but yeah, you're right about that. Uh, let's talk about a couple of negatives. And uh, I think Jordan Love's downfield accuracy has been a theme all season. And it's was it was bad again in this game. He severely underthrew uh, Christian Watson on a deep ball uh, that would have been an easy touchdown, but he underthrew it so badly it ended up in incompletion. Uh, threw too high on a different occasion for Luke Musgrave, who was open. He was able to catch it, but he had to leap up in the air and to, 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 to reach it and then kind of fell down in the process. And I've seen that several times this season. I remember week one against the Bears, there was an almost identical play where uh, if he had, could have caught it and just kept running, he was it was a walk-in touchdown, but he had to fall to the ground to catch it, and that happened here too. Uh, and then on this play that ended up as a completion, he hit Christian Watson on a on a corner route uh, for a huge game. It was like a 37-yard gain, uh, gain. Just a couple plays before that game-winning touchdown, I think, but uh, Watson was open, but Love threw it to the wrong side of the field, and it made it a contested ball that uh, Watson had to kind of rip away from the defender and got hurt in the process. Uh, whereas if Love had thrown it towards the sideline, where it seemed like he was heading anyway on a corner route, I think he could have caught it with uh, with no defender, would have been able to get close enough to even contest it. So those were a couple of issues. Uh, a lot of bad things that happened that weren't Jordan Love's fault. Oh, my Two different. Two different times on a fourth and one QB sneak, they had an offensive offsides penalty called because one of the on guys, the same tackle. Yeah, yeah. And Lafleur, I thought Lafleur was going to get a, an unsportsmanlike conduct after the second one. It was unbelievable to see that happen twice. Yeah, even once I was like, "What offensive offside? How do you even do that?" It's like, "There's the ball. Don't cross it." <laughs> <laughs> well, and the problem, too, is, and I've seen this with a lot of reviews of some of these plays during the games, is the because of the 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 tush push that the mm -hmm. Eagles have executed so well, linemen are being scrutinized very heavily on their positioning because everyone wants an advantage, right? Yeah. But the problem is I'm seeing, too, is not in this case, but in other cases I've seen it called. They look at the wrong hand. Like, it's the tackle's hand. They think it's the tackle's hand, but it's the center who's, you know, his center's hand is going to be in the neutral zone to simply stabilize himself to snap the ball, right? Right. 
but nobody's else's can be. And yeah. it's little things like that that I think they're just, they're being overly critical for. But I don't know if I agreed with the two calls. I mean, that may be biased, but I know Lafleur was not happy. Yeah. I really thought he was going to get penalized for the way he was screaming. I've never seen this called before in two different times. And both of them, they converted, but then it didn't count because of that penalty, and they had a punt instead. Um, so that was brutal. Penalties in general were a problem. And then just two two lost fumbles that also negated uh, promising-looking drives. So There's that, an irony to how these happen, though. What's that? So Dontavian Wicks fumbled while extending for the first down, right? Yeah. What happened when he went to the sideline? I don't know. Did he get screamed at? Aaron Jones was sitting there consulting him about, you know, basically these things happen, bounce back from it. And then Jones fumbled on the next track. Yeah, I was laughing <laughs> way too hard at the irony of that. Maybe Almost he did like it on he purpose. He had to be like, see, I can do it too. See, no problem. <laughs> Luckily, uh, neither of those turnovers turned into points for the Rams because their offense was so inept. But uh, still, so between those two turnovers and the two penalties that negated fourth down conversions, that's four different drives that could have resulted in points, but uh, ended up with turnovers or punts instead. So uh, given that, those four lost drives that should have been extended, um, you can f- forgive them for only having 20 points, I guess. It, it should have been more, if, if, uh, if not for a few silly mistakes. So I think there's a lot of positive to take from that game, even though it was, uh, yeah, as we've said several times, a subpar Rams team they were going up against. And that has been your Packers Corner. We'll try that again uh, next week. But now it's time for a quick break, and we'll be back with the Week 10 Preview. Okay, Week 10 Preview. Mike and Matt here on the 2M Football Show. We have four more teams on by this week. This time it's the Chiefs, the Rams, the Dolphins, and the Eagles. So teams. Going through the rest of it, it's a lot of good teams. Three of them. <laughs> yeah. So, as usual, we will uh, rank the rest of these games by Mike's Watchability Index. And my top game of the week is an AFC North divisional showdown between the five, <laughs> the five and three Cleveland Browns and the seven and two Baltimore Ravens. I'm pumped for this one. The Browns' defense has been one of the best in the game. And uh, they have Deshaun Watson back at quarterback to at least provide a level of competence uh, that you know they didn't get with that stupid rookie that no one would ever start in fantasy. Um, <laughs> Especially going against, you know, <laughs> a co-host of another never. show that they bet on. Would never happen. Um, or uh, P.J. Walker. There we go. I wrote the other guy, but I actually remembered it. <laughs> PJ Walker. So proud of you. Whatever you want to say about uh, Watson, he hasn't been great for sure, but he is um, still an upgrade over those two guys. And the Ravens, for their part, they have been really hitting their stride lately. They blew out the Lions a few weeks ago. They just dismantled Seattle. They are um, looking like the team that we were expecting in the preseason. Yeah, then they better continue to be. I just spent a lot of money on an explosive running back named Keat Mitchell. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. The guy had a huge game last week. Uh, and I am taking the Ravens. Uh, yeah, I think it's hard to argue against the Ravens' momentum. I don't think the Browns are necessarily down and out just yet, but I think this is a critical game, and it's all on the line. If the Browns win this game they have a shot. If they don't, I think it's not going to be a very good end of the season for Kevin Stefanski and his team. Um, but I, I've got the Ravens and the momentum. And this is, again, because it's a divisional battle, it's just that much more impactful. Yep. That's why I got this number one. Uh, did you see Roquan Smith's comment? I don't know what no. prompted this, but he's Ravens linebacker, you know, traded from the Bears last year. He right. made the comment, like, it's nice not to be wasting my career away. <laughs> Ouch. Man, players are not, like, holding back this year. I know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, damn. But he's right. 
Okay, next one I've got here, the 49ers, who are 5-3, and three, travel to Jacksonville to take on the 6-2 and two Jaguars. Interesting situation here where both of these teams are coming out of their bye week. San Francisco lost three in a row going into their week off, um, so they, it was a good time for them to, to have it. Uh, so now they get to regroup, reset. They'll have Debo Samuel back, who missed their last couple games with injury. Uh, so that's big for them. I'm actually undecided on this one. What do you think? I'm taking the Niners. I think it, with Debo back, I mean, the, the the Niners have been a little shaky, but they haven't been, like, they've, they've kept up with Christian McCaffrey. He should come back much better, despite the fact he was, you know, injured, potentially going to miss time, but didn't. Right. So I think they're coming out of this a little bit healthier and a little bit more refreshed. Uh, you can argue almost like you mentioned at the perfect time. Yeah. Um, the Jaguars are not a team to be taken lightly. They've definitely proven that they are the force in the South, as it were. Um, but mm-hmm. I, I can't I can't bet against the Niners. I just think. Yeah, I'm I just with- think that they're they're always going to be a more complete team. I mean, they just got Chase Young too. So I right. mean, really, this defense. Yeah. This should be a really good test for Jacksonville. Definitely. I'll take San Francisco like you. I don't I don't see them losing a fourth game in a row. They um yeah. Brock Purdy too got a bit of a reset in the bye after a couple of shakier performances uh, with a lot of turnovers. So I think they do come back um ready to get after it again. Lions at Chargers I've got next. Uh, oh, I like this I like this. This is a good spot for this game. Lions are six and two, Chargers are four and four. Um, the Lions are also coming off the bye, uh, whereas the Chargers, I think they've won a couple games in a row. They just got back up to 500 with their Monday night victory over the Jets. I picked them to win that. <laughs> Mike is again in an affair with the Jets. <laughs> One-sided affair, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was a good call by you, and I am going to continue picking against the Chargers and take Detroit here. Oh, absolutely. Detroit is just is a force to be reckoned with. We've been talking about it the past few years about how scrappy and how forward this team was moving. And it's finally become the point that they put all the pieces together. Goff's had a resurgence as a career. I mm. mean, you really can't argue what this team done has done under Dan Campbell. With that being said, the Chargers are right on that edge of a very precarious situation. I still don't see them advancing to the postseason, which in turn means that Brandon Staley is out of a job. <laughs> the defense did look way better against the Jets, so that did help. Yeah, I mean, every um, defense looks good against Zach Wilson. <laughs> I was going to say, it doesn't exactly bode well for Staley's credence with being a defensive coach, but it just gets frustrating because I really think they need him gone. And every time the chargers win, it's like, he's going to stick around just one more. I know I'm surprised he's stuck around this long. Uh, Cause they, the chargers have not been inspiring. There's too much talent on that team as a whole now for them to not be as competitive as they should be. Yeah. Uh, Lions will be getting David Montgomery, the running back uh, back from injury too. So I, I think that helps them too. I, I just really think they, carve up this Chargers defense. Since this is the perfect pause, I just want to point out that the the Vegas Golden Knights uniforms are not gold. They are mustard colored. <laughs> just like uh, the Packers green and gold aren't really yeah. gold either. <laughs> yeah, it's green and yellow. <laughs> Does nobody know what gold is? <laughs> yeah, no, these are, these are mustard colored. I'm watching mustard bottles skate around the ice. All right, this is a game that I uh, wouldn't have foreseen being this high in the rankings up until recently, but Texans at Bengals. Uh, the Texans uh, are four. I have one game I would have put in this slot. <laughs> All right. But I, I don't disagree necessarily with it. I like it higher. I think it's above middle, but yeah. I think the Saints and Vikings should have been here. I knew that was going to be your pick, yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? Screw you. <laughs> so tight of your crap. Uh, both of these teams, I, I would, I'm actually really excited about this game. Both of these teams are lighting it up on offense lately. 
Burrow's fully healthy from his calf. The only thing to worry about on their side is both their starting receivers, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, uh, didn't practice today, Wednesday, to start the week. So we'll have to keep an eye on that because if if one or both of those guys miss, that is a big blow. And um, from Houston's side, it looks like they're not going to have Damian Pierce again, their running back. Uh, so a little bit of uh, potentially banged up offenses, but it's all about the quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud and Joe Burrow. I am very, very excited. I will take Cincinnati, though. I, you know, do it. <laughs> you know you're right. I'll take I'll take the Texans. I love it. It's exciting. Um, <laughs> I do think that in this situation, the advantage has to go to Cincinnati. Joe Burrow's just been around longer. He's been in these situations. But with the potential to lose more pieces on offense, a defense that's only started to come together, it's been a little shaky in Cincinnati with the way the defenses have played. Mm. And this is against a, a a quarterback that we are just now getting enough tape on to start to battle plan for, and then he puts up rookie record-breaking numbers. Um, so I think this is a great confidence builder for C.J. Shroud. And it's a potential, like it could alter Cincinnati's course in the postseason, right? Like it's not an interdivisional game, but it is a loss. And every time you take a loss, you're just counting more on those interdivisional games to advance. So it's going to be interesting, but yes, I, I'll be the bold man and take the Texans. <laughs> I like it. Next one. I I've don't got think up, either but... of us want to talk about this game. This game's too high. Well, okay. The the one and eight Cardinals host the four and five Falcons. And the reason I have it this high is because for the first time this season, the Cardinals will have Kyler Murray back at quarterback uh, as he has finally recovered from his ACL tear from last season. They might be getting another key piece of their offense back in James Conner, the running back as well. So the Cardinals are about to become a totally different team than what we've seen the first nine games of the season. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, Meanwhile, the Cardinals are abysmal. <laughs> and the Falcons, Arthur Smith is an idiot. Because <laughs> all I can picture now, and everybody's made fun of it on the internet, this is what this guy did. The mustache. First, well, there was that. Oh, first okay. of all, BJ Robinson, like, what did the what was that all about? He didn't get like hardly any carries or advance anything. And then he had was it Johnu Smith throw to the third string tight end while their number one, the highest drafted tight end ever was blocking. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not an offensive minded person for, as a, from a coaching standpoint, but like even I looked at that situation and went, that's stupid. The worst part is he thinks he's so smart. Like, I think he really believes that. I mean, to some extent, you kind of have to, right? Like, you can't show that. Like, you can't walk up on stage and be like, I'm an idiot. <laughs> I mean, maybe Mike McDaniels can because he just says it in a way where everybody laughs. And he's like, no, this guy's awesome. <laughs> but I think it just goes to prove Arthur Smith's insane because then he went on and shaved his mustache. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on in Atlanta. I don't know if he looks worse. with as, as the Bears it. defensive coordinator getting raided by the FBI. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Someone needs to investigate him and, and why he's not letting Bichon Robinson play every single snap. I'm taking the Cardinals here. I don't want to pick. <laughs> I think I'm going to take the Falcons only because it's going to take some gel time. Kyler Murray's first back. Um, yeah, that's don't fair. have a hundred percent vote that Connor will be in this game. Um, and I think it's going to take a game here to gel and everything. So, but then I wouldn't be surprised if we see the Cardinals start to to reshape and revamp. But I'm going to take the Falcons here. I think part of it is just because I, I want them to lose so bad. It's like now that McDaniel's is fired, there's there's nobody I want fired more than Arthur Smith. Like I I am excited for the day. <laughs> Falcons Goldberg. are my second favorite Wait. team, and I I. He's third. I want Brandon Staley gone for the sake of the <laughs> yeah, Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I have been writing that since the beginning of this year. I've I've not been a bigger hater. We said I it now become year. an Arthur Smith hater after yeah. this week. 
Like, I had a lot of questions for the dude, but then watching some of the play calling this past week just infuriated me. And just the personnel decisions. Anyway, yeah, yeah, moving on. Uh, Titans at Buccaneers, a battle of three and five teams. Will Levis, as you mentioned, will start again. Even though Tannehill is healthy, he will be the backup. Uh, Meanwhile, the Buccaneers have lost four in a row, despite um, Baker Mayfield looking largely pretty good. And I am taking... They just gave up. Well, okay, yes, it's CJ Stroud is really good though. They did just give up 39 points. Uh, Do it. Get uh, pressure here. (laughs) (laughs) The one thing the Buccaneers' defense is still good at is stopping the run. So if they block up Derrick Henry, I think they can make life difficult. I will take the Bucks too. Sorry, I'm not. I'm not such a chicken. Not as brave as you. Uh, four and five commanders travel to the West Coast, take on the Seahawks, who are five and three, uh, coming off that embarrassing loss to the Ravens, uh, our Seattle. I'm, but I'm taking them to rebound here, beat the commanders. Seahawks for the win, even though I'm benching uh, Geno Smith this week. Oh, that's that's a bold choice. Actually, it's it's the right choice because of the Saints quarterback. Um, good matchup against the Vikings, right? Saints and Vikings. Hey, it's the next game. Both teams <laughs> five and four. <laughs> uh, last I saw is that they're preparing as though Josh Jobs is the starter based on Jaron Hall's status of clearing the concussion protocol. That's think, just fancy reporter talk for we're starting Dobbs over. I think so, too, and I think that's the right call, and I'm very excited about it. Um, as much as I complain about him. Taysom Hill is literally the only thing making the Saints offense function. It's not Derek Carr. It's not Chris Olave. It's Taysom Hill. <laughs> and you've got it's that. It's not even Alvin Kamara. It's weird. Yeah. I really don't know who to pick here. My heart says Vikings because I love Josh Dobbs, but I'm going to take the Saints. I'm going to take the Vikings. I think the Vikings are going to continue the role here. I think the defense is coming together. Dobbs has reinvigorated and given confidence to a team that was really shaky with the fact that Kirk Cousins went down and they kind of wrote off that game. Now he'll have some actual time with the team. Uh, But that being said, I don't think the Saints offense is going to make it easy. Broncos at Bills, the Monday night game. The Broncos are three and five. Bills at five and three. Denver coming off the bye. They had one, two in a row going into it, beating the Packers and uh, much more impressively the Chiefs. The Bills are looking to bounce back from that loss to Cincinnati uh, last weekend. Um, it's a Von Miller revenge game. The now Bills pass rusher going up against the team that took him second overall way back in 2011. Uh, this is kind of a fun game. I feel like the Broncos are getting a little bit interesting. It's the secondary of the Broncos that Allen's got to be worried about. Patrick Sertan back in the corner position. Woo. Make life really rough rough for him. Yeah, he's that guy's good. Uh, the Broncos offense showing a little bit, or, or more, more on the ground than in the past game, really. Javante Williams, uh, who is also coming off a big injury, appears fully healthy as well and they've been giving him all the work and he looks good and um i don't know they might make a game out of it i'm definitely taking the bills though i'm gonna take the broncos let's make it interesting oh my gosh i hope you're right that would be fun uh, Allen's accuracy has been off all year so i think that deep ball could make for some real problematics if he gets them in a position where those those corners can make make some plays. Yeah, he's been turning it over. That's that's for sure. All right, Packers at Steelers. The Packers are five now after that win. Uh, Steelers five and three, looking pretty good. Uh, the Packers have gotten some good injury news early in the week. Christian Watson and Kenny Clark, uh, both of whom left that game early with injury last week. Uh, both of them are practicing already as of Wednesday. So I'm not even impressed with Christian Watson. I can no. I'm I'm not impressed with uh, what I've seen from him this season, but it's still good for them to, even if he's just out there running a deep route every time and gets no targets, at least he's occupying a safety or something. <laughs> occupying space is about it. Uh, I don't know how to feel about the Packers. The, the Steelers are are getting, 
I don't again, know how to, Tomlinson how to is not going to have a losing season. This guy is incredible. I, I don't want to. I'm going to go with with my heart and my fan, and I'm going. Let's go Green Bay. <laughs> I like it. I, I am concerned about the Steelers' offense. They haven't been lighting it up necessarily, but now they've got Deontay Johnson healthy. He and um, uh, George Pickens make a good. Yeah, Pickens, not Pickens. Yeah, I know. I have to think hard about that every time to make sure. (laughs) They also have a good uh, one-two punch of running backs with uh, Najee Harris, who I don't know if it's just because I was watching more closely last week than any other game, but uh, I feel like he's been largely not that good. But against the Titans, he looked fast all of a sudden. (laughs) Like, who is this guy? Uh, They've also got Jalen Warren, so pretty worried about that running game. Um, I'll go with my head, I guess, and take the Steelers. Uh, Colts and Patriots. Uh, Colts are four and five. Pats are two and seven. This game is taking place in Germany once again, uh, just like they had the international series there last weekend. Uh, remember when Colts Patriots was exciting back in the Brady Manning days? Do you remember that, Matt? Which one? Was paying attention. <laughs> I was saying, remember when this was like the one of the premier rivalries in the AFC in the Brady versus Manning days? Oh, uh, yeah. Well, that's why I couldn't figure out what you were talking about. That was so many years ago. <laughs> it's like, did he just say Manning? Like, there's no, yeah. Yeah, that caught me off guard. I was like, Manning doesn't play for the Colts. <laughs> I only spring it up to uh, also make the follow-up that Gardner Minshew versus Mac Jones doesn't quite inspire the same excitement. I threw up a little bit. I'm taking the Colts, I guess. Yes. Panthers at Bears, the Thursday game uh, today, I guess, as you're listening to this. It's going to be Tyson Bagent again with uh, quarterback for Chicago with Justin Fields still um, recovering from that. Was it a thumb like Stafford? I forget. Some some finger injury. So like day-to-day in quotations. Uh, that's I saw that earlier in the week, um, but then they ruled him out. So going to be Bajent. A pair of rookies going up against each other. So Bryce Young, the number one pick on the other side, looking terrible. And speaking of pick, uh, he threw two pick sixes last week. That's the same insane. guy. <laughs> yeah, Adam Thielen has three passes from Bryce Young. That corner from uh, the Colts has two. That was a, that was a pretty <laughs> funny thing somebody posted. That's hilarious. The Panthers, so yeah, he's looking generally terrible. Carolina will also be without some key defensive players, uh, including Brian Burns, who we mentioned before. Uh, I'm taking the Bears, and I am very upset I won't be able to play their defense in fantasy. (laughs) Why is that? Uh, Because some jerk spent $5 on them to pick them up. I spent a lot of money this week. I spent like almost 30 or 40 bucks. (laughs) I mean, I had 80 in reserve, so. Oh, yeah, so you're fine still. Um, but, yes, I, too, am taking the Bears against this offense that is finding its way. That's a nice way to put it. <laughs> Jets Raiders on Sunday night football. Man, these primetime games are ugly this week. <laughs> I am not watching football this week. <laughs> That's what you say now. I had more enjoyment watching the past week's college games, if I'm being straight up. <laughs> like Ohio State and Rutgers and LSU and Alabama, like those were fantastic games. And then you watch some, you look at these primetime games and you're like, I think I'm going to go watch high school. <laughs> well, there are probably some more talented quarterbacks playing at your local nearby high school than what was taking the field in the, in the NFL last weekend. Uh, and yeah, Jets at Raiders, not the best quarterback matchup here either. Zach Wilson versus Aiden O'Connell. Uh, that's really all you need to know about this. The Jets' defense is good. I don't know if the Raiders are actually good at anything. Um, I guess, I guess I'll take the Jets again. Oh, sweet, because I'm gonna take the Raiders. <laughs> I like it. I think Pierce is just gonna be on a roll now, just out of spite. <laughs> that's what's fueling the Raiders right now. I mean, that could be valuable if they just want to all rub it in McDaniel's face. Like, look how much better and happier we are without you. <laughs> He's like, I don't care. Bill Belichick has given me my old job back. <laughs> Maybe. 
<laughs> and then it was a very easy choice for the worst game of the week uh, this time with the Giants at Cowboys. Giants will be starting DeVito with um, Daniel Jones and Tyra Taylor both on IR. Taking the Cowboys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Do you think the Giants cross the cross midfield at any point in this game on offense? Once, and then it's an interception. <laughs> they get to the Dallas 49 and then throw a pick. <laughs> Sounds right to me. All right, one more quick break, and we'll be back with the Fantasy Corner. Yes. Now, let's take a trip down to the Fantasy Corner. It's nice to hear you excited about that again after a couple of rough weeks. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I think it's just because simply the fact that Justin Jefferson's practicing yeah, Kyron Williams might be coming back. So my team that has been injured, because that's all I've had is just nothing but injuries. I don't know. I know everyone deals with injuries, so it's not just me. But this has been insane. It has. It really has. Um, and, yeah, we are both coming off of wins in week nine. Uh, don't look now, but I'm four and five all of a sudden, riding a three-game win streak. Uh, you you are still one game ahead of me in the standings at five and four uh, after your latest win. Yeah, and I just spent like we referenced a few times earlier. I just spent a lot of money. I mean, I had it to spend, but it's like we're getting down to players and names that I have no idea. If this is gonna work, but like, um, I mean, it's time to. It's almost I, like. Go ahead. I spent $15 to get Keaton Mitchell for Baltimore. Uh I spent $10 to get Brandon Powell for Minnesota, uh, which which looks like may have worked because I know somebody else wanted Mitchell and I got him. Yeah, it's always a good feeling when you look at the the offers report and you see other people are trying to get the guys that you um, ended up getting the highest bid. Um, Tank Dell was one of the top players in our league that's so I was really happy about that. You're welcome. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to rub it in, but I feel like this has worked more to my benefit with the players now that Tank's healthy. That sucked that I got him and he went right to reserve. Yeah, that was kind but of between Derek Hart and Tank Dell, the Derek Hart Taysom Hill combination, I feel like is the most genius move I'll do all year, even if I lose going the rest of the week. Like nobody even contemplated picking up Taysom Hill. Because he's never been this consistent. I feel like that's the thing. Uh, he would do Just for one game. Click but... on him. <laughs> he would Oops, do I accidentally clicked drop. <laughs> Did you really? I, no, I'd cry. Because I was about to spend the rest of my uh, money to try to get him. <laughs> so, again, it was shaky, right? So this is weeks, week one through six. His highest was eight points. So he averaged about four and a half, five points a game. And then the past three weeks has been almost 15, 22, and 19. <laughs> That's amazing. And he scored in every game, right, in that stretch. Well, and it's different ways, right? Like, he is the epitome of a gadget player. Like, he's ran, rushed, and thrown. So, like, yeah, I guess what's, what's nice about what he does in that position is the defense doesn't quite know exactly what he's going to do. Yeah. Like when he lines up in the backfield to take the snap, whether it's in shotgun or under center, like you just don't know. And that makes it frustrating because before Hill was used a lot as a runner, right? Like he would take the direct snap and go. And so it's like, okay, we can kind of predict for that. But now he's thrown for a couple of touchdowns and he's caught passes. And it's like, well, now that makes that so much more of a, of an iffy wishy washy position that becomes frustrating. Yeah. So I feel good, much better now. I mean, my running back situation isn't the greatest right now, but if I can get Kyrene Williams back, I'll feel a lot better. Mm-hmm. Josh Kelly doesn't do crap. <laughs> That's why I'm happy about our trade too, and I still feel pretty even about it. Is I got Mixon in our trade, and you know I, I'm losing Damian Pierce, Tandry, who kind of sucked even when he was healthy. So uh, thank goodness for Mixon, that kind of saved me. Uh, of course, yeah, I went from having one of the deepest running backs to I'm scrambling now. 
It would be nice to have Tank Dell, I'll admit. <laughs> well, that's why I liked the trade was because Dell gave me depth at wide receiver that I was really struggling with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't have a backup quarterback. And like we play with a two QE league, so it's like the depth goes really quick in this league. Oh, yeah. So the fact that I got Carr on top of having Geno and Purdy, like I have this perfect rotating triad of quarterbacks. Yeah, it is. You really want to have three uh, just in case for injuries or bye weeks or whatever. Um, or just matchups. Like, yeah, true. Mm-hmm. And uh, all right. So then going into week 10, I am going up against uh, Billy, who is five and four. And actually, both of us got to get a little bit lucky with the bye weeks this week because Billy doesn't have Travis Kelsey with the Chiefs on bye. And then you're going up against Peter, who's four and five and won't have Jalen Hurts uh, since the Eagles are on by. So catching a little bit of a break there. I know he's got DeVito as his, one of his quarterbacks. <laughs> um, however, he does have a very formidable team with Najee Harris, Cook, hmm. uh, Stephon Diggs and Cooper, Thielen for Carolina. Well, that one could be a little rough with the way that those passes have been thrown. But Dalton Kincaid's been solid for Buffalo. Yeah, yeah, he has. Um, So as much as he's projected 107 to my 91, I don't feel as lopsided as this looks. Yeah. I just need Keaton Mitchell to have a stud of a game. I mean, only he's he's a rookie, right? He's like all big plays. So I know they only have him protect. And I'm banking on the fact that Gus Edwards has fumbled like in the past two games. I think he's had multiple. Oh yeah. So yeah. I'm banking on the fact he's going to get reduction in time for Mitchell, who's you know clearly had a hot hand last week. And I'm looking at. Billy's lineup now. All three of his starting receivers have cues next to their name right now. They're all questionable, so fingers crossed, I guess, for one of those guys to be hurt. That sounds bad. <laughs> I just love that his team name is the Ham Sandwich. <laughs> I'm not sure I get that. Is that a reference to something? I don't know. <laughs> Trying to see if he has like Donald Donald Parham or something like that on his team, but no, I don't know where that comes from. What was weird too is across the league during the first like two games before the evening game, like the league was really our entire league was like low scoring. Like a lot of people were in the 80s, 90s, not too many people broke into the hundreds until after that third game. Hmm. And then it just completely separates everything. I mean, it'd be interesting to look at, like, fantasy scoring across the board. Because uh, real-life NFL scoring is, is I think, down from recent years. Uh, so I guess you would assume there'd be a corresponding dip in uh, fantasy points being put up. I am also upset from the fact that you have a 54% of chance of making the playoffs, while I only have 44 Yeah, I'm not sure I get that. Uh, I still have to overtake you in the rankings but i mean the standings but look at it this way combined i don't think you can i don't think this is how probability works but let's just say we could just add those numbers up then there's a 98 percent chance of one of us making it pretty sure that's not how that works but <laughs> i mean it's close enough we, we can use that we like simple math here <laughs> yeah <laughs> but and i still we- got time to make some adjustments but I may not be great this week, but hopefully next week is when I get Jefferson back. Well, and we are now just uh, two weeks away from our rematch in week oh, 12. No, are we? <laughs> it's going to be so important to the playoffs. Right? Yeah. Well, unless you lose two and I just have to win one and then I feel like we're. That's true. If I, if I lose two, I might be mathematically eliminated. Uh, by then, but you know I'm going to want to play spoiler. Actually, actually, that'll be a bit of a moral dilemma there. It's like, do I lose on purpose to help you get it? Just kidding, I would actually never do that. <laughs> if, I, if, if I'm if i not making the playoffs, I'm taking you down with me. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. I also want to point out that for the budgets we have, um, K 
Kevin hasn't spent any of his money. He's still got a hundred bucks. Yeah, I don't know if he's set his lineup in a few weeks. <laughs> okay. He might be done. <laughs> um, you have thirty, and I have fifty. Yeah, it's interesting that that's public. Like anyone can see that, so you know potentially you could look at how much everyone has and and guess how much you need to spend on a guy. It's interesting. Right. I would argue the question is who do you spend it on at this point? Like, I mean, at this point, you're waiting. We're waiting for an injury, right? <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't know. Like Derrick Henry goes down, everyone's picking up his backup, for example. Or, yeah, we're all going to pick up Latavius Murray, who's been around for like I don't know decades. Is that guy like 40 by now? <laughs> All right. That seems like this is also where our episodes get long. And we just start rambling about fantasy. <laughs> yeah, that should be more of our show. Think so? <laughs> I mean, you always said you started the podcast because you wanted to vent about your fantasy team. That's true. Turns out so I have pay less, attention sometimes. Turns out I have less venting to do when I win, though. <laughs> I don't have that much to say. <laughs> All right. You ready to call it? Let's do this. Save some Dang. stuff for next week. That's right. Good luck in all our fantasy matchups. And, um, yeah, same time, same place. We'll see you next week. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.